Hey, what's up, everybody? Have I told you about Anchor yet? If I haven't, it's where this podcast that you're about to listen to was recorded. Now, Anchor is re- really the easiest way to make a podcast because they have recording and editing tools right on the app for you. They help you out with distributing out your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just about any platform you can think about. And guess what? They even help you out with making a little bit of money on the side with your podcast. And if you're really interested in it, Go check out the anchor.fm site, or you can even download the app right off of your App Store or Google Play Store. Go check them out. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the West Coast Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Frias Guzman. And I just want to wake, welcome everybody in. Uh, I'm recording this on an early Friday here. Uh, so happy Friday to everybody. I'm recording this on the day after my brother's birthday on December 3rd, uh, 2021. Uh, brother's birthday was actually yesterday. So happy birthday to you, Stephen. Love you, bro. And um, this uh, episode here is actually going to be uh, just a, well, we'll be doing it in this order. We'll be talking about the Las Vegas Raiders to begin with. We'll be doing a little bit of, um, I guess, a preview on Sunday's game against the Washington football team, formerly known as the Redskins. The second part will be about the Los, Ange- the Los Angeles Dodgers. We'll be doing a little bit of, um, you know, talk of the offseason, you know, bringing up all the team, all the teams' uh, transitions or transactions, if you would, or whatever the case is, you know, the signings and people who have um, unfortunately gone from the team and we'll be doing a little bit of talking of that we'll be doing some other pods on that and i'll be mentioning that when i do that segment there last part the last segment of the episode we'll be talking about the los angeles lakers we'll be doing a you know just a i guess a grade analysis if you would or we'll just be talking about how the how the players who have been coming back from injury like austin reeves on uh, tht as well and then we'll be doing a little you know just a little recap over the past few games and just kind of see what we're looking at and we'll be also talking about lebron and his covid uh uh situation or if you would i guess or whatever you want to call it um but yeah so just to get right into it here guys (laughs) uh we're gonna get right into the into the raiders so raiders are looking at uh sunday's game going up against the washington football team uh, Washington football team is actually five and six. We're six and five, you know, so I just flip those around and, you know, whatever the case is, you know, uh, we have a couple games where we could have, where it could have gone the other way around or whatever the case is. So do they, but Hey, that's football. The main thing here though, we have an opportunity to continue to move on forward here, guys. After this, we do have a lot of AFC games that are really, really important, especially for the playoffs and everything here. But we'll get we'll talk more about the game here when it comes down to it. Overall, the keys to the game or just how I guess to say how important the game is. I don't really say it's like a must win. I really don't like to ever say that certain games are must wins or anything like that. But this one is important, though, guys. It is important for them to go ahead and get on some sort of a winning streak, you know, to go and continue to build momentum from last week's uh, game against the uh, God, the, the Dallas Cowboys, the on uh, Thanksgiving night. <laughs> so uh, definitely, if you guys, I know I was going to be doing a, a a podcast on that one there, but I do apologize. I just had a little bit of a transition when it comes down to the um, hosting website or the hosting distribu- distributor, I guess, if you would. <laughs> but uh, anyways, 
the game on Sunday against the Washington football team here, it is definitely an important one. You know, as I mentioned, I want to make sure, uh, you know, definitely want to make sure that they get on some sort of a winning streak here to build some some sort of a momentum. And in order to go and do that, I mean, it's really going to come down to just what we've been depending on. It's it's kind of funny that we're now depending on the defense to kind of just continue to do what they've been doing all season long. But that's definitely one of the things that that's number one. I, I think if the defense keeps on just doing what they're doing, we'll at least have a shot every single game, in my opinion. And then uh, secondly, the offense just kind of has to not make mistakes, you know, as they've done in other games past and some of those losses. And it's pretty much going to come down to just, I mean, um, you know, Derek Carr kind of doing what he normally does and, you know, staying out of his head, making sure that he's focused on the game and everything and uh, make sure that he's avoiding, you know, those obvious mistakes when it comes down to it. And just especially avoiding those during crunch time, you know, especially if the if it's a close game down the down the wire, down in the fourth quarter. Now, I'm uh, one of the things I did want to mention, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but he is leading the league in passing yards. So I just want to mention that, you know, especially even above Tom Brady and some of the other high, higher tiered quarterbacks and everything. So for those of you guys now, again, Matt Stafford, one of the guys who's been looked at, who's been compared to Derek Carr pretty much his their entire careers. He's number three, I believe, with the with the Rams. And I'm not surprised about that because they're both really great quarterbacks, but they just never been looked at as great quarterbacks. You know, and part of it maybe because they never had some sort of pieces. I mean, he I mean, he did have Megatron when it comes down to Matt Stafford. He had Megatron for the eight years, but and he was only able to do so much with him. I think if he would have been with Derek Carr, I think Derek Carr would have had an amazing. I mean, he's had some great quarterback or some great wide receivers, but I don't think of the tier of Megatron, if you know what I mean. But anyways, so guys, um, we'll just, when it comes down to the, to the Raiders and everything in their, their whole, um, uh, situation as well right now, because I don't know if some of you guys have even seen as well on, um, social media or anywhere. Um, if you guys are definitely in LA or in the West coast area or, or football fans in general, you guys might've seen that, um. Ohio State, is it Ohio or Oklahoma? God, I can't even remember what <laughs> I think it was. But uh, Lincoln Riley, uh, former, former, well, still a college coach. He actually ended up making the transition over to USC. So he's now the head coach for the USC football team. And I'm really excited about that. Me, I'm actually a USC fan, especially from like the Matt Liner and uh, uh, Reggie Bush e- years. Uh, I was definitely a big time USC fan when it came down to it. Um, so I'm really excited to go in and see what's going to happen. But the Raiders mentions of um their head coaching search and the lack or i guess the lack of their head coaching search it sounds like mark davis just really hasn't you know even started that from some reports i don't know how true that may be i'm pretty sure he just hasn't invested much time in it but i really do think it is important for them to to do so maybe part of it's because he wants to just see how rich um Bisaccia does does for the remainder of the year and that's great but um i do think he needs he should at least have some sort of um idea i guess or he should at least have some names a list if you would of um of, of head coaches now just to kind of mention a couple people that i think or that i've even seen as well mentioned in in reports um i would definitely like to go in and see you know, Gus Bradley is number one. I would think so just because he's he's turned around this this uh, 
this defense. You know, he's done a complete 180 when it comes down to it. And I really do think it would be important, or at least he should be, uh, you know, a candidate, in my opinion. He has great assistance when it comes down to it behind him. And I know he hasn't really had that great of a track record when it comes down to his head coaching career. But I mean, hey, why not at least look at the guy? Why not have an interview with the guy or sit down with the guy and see exactly what where he's at? You know, because if you do bring in a new, a new head coach, he's most likely going to want to bring in his own staff. You know, much like if you would do the same thing with a general manager. Now, there has been reports that he's not looking into a new general manager or anything like that. And that that's that, that could ultimately be great and everything. But we'll have to see what happens just over the offseason here, guys. Um, you know, um, Mike Tomlin has been one of the names as well. Um, I don't know how his relationship or how his contract situation is with the Steelers or anything like that. And me, me personally, I'm not the biggest Steeler fan um, just because of the history and everything and all that. I mean, if most of you guys don't really know about that, definitely go check out the um, Al Davis versus the NFL. It's a 30 for 30 on ESPN. Definitely go check it out. And that gives you a lot of history of, of the Raiders and, and the Steelers and how they've always had, you know, stuff in the stuff in the past and everything and all this and that. But anyways, here, guys, uh, just to get off of that, just just a little a little side note there for you guys. But we'll just have to see what happens during the offseason and see exactly what the coaching search is going to look like. And speaking of the offseason here, guys, we'll be jumping right into some of the offseason uh, moves and transitions or tra- transactions that have happened with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So I'm going to start off with the with the roughest news, I think, guys. Uh, for those of you guys who have listened to the previous podcast or my previous episodes, you guys may have heard how Corey Seager has denied or declined a lot of the offers and uh, contract extensions that he's um, been given from the from the Dodgers, and now he's turned them down. I guess we'll just have to kind of see exactly what happens there, guys. I'm really, or uh, you know how I mentioned that in those in those podcasts, but uh, sadly though, guys, sadly, sadly, um, it's looking like we are not going to be able to. It's it. We did not keep him. You know, <laughs> he ended up going to the Rangers, guys. He went to the Rangers. Uh, I mean, uh, it is what it is when it comes down to it. I, um, the reports have came out that. Dodgers extended out a offer to him during the middle of last year, during the middle of last uh, season, and he declined it. They, I was actually talking to the wife about this yesterday while we were getting some uh, some ice cream. Uh, but yeah, they um, uh, offered uh, they offered an extension during the middle of the season. He declined it. They gave him another one as soon as the season pretty much ended, like as soon as they were able to, like legally, give him a, an, an offer. He declined it. They gave him another extension that was going to pretty much get, be, be, make him become one of the highest paid shortstops in the league. And I believe the last one that they gave him was almost a guarantee that he was going to be either the first or second. There was like, you know, little bonuses or incentives, incentives that he could make apart from his actual contract, you know, or from the contract. And that could potentially make him the highest paid shortstop in the league. And that would have been great and everything because I definitely do think he deserves it. He's been an amazing. He's been amazing ever since we drafted him. Dude was rookie of the year. He ended up. He was a uh, MVP of the uh, NLCS. You know he he did great. I mean he's been he's been great. And I don't know whether I mean from my from from my vantage point from what I've seen other reports and everything it just really seemed like he just wanted to move forward. He wanted to 
see what what he what else he can do with another team, I guess. Or I don't know what the case is. But overall, it doesn't sound like there was any sort of bad blood or anything like that between the team and Corey Seager or the Dodgers and Corey Seager. And uh, we'll just have to, you know, wish him the best and everything. Now, I do think it, the Dodgers nef- definitely need to transition into holding on or making sure that Trey Turner is there long term because that guy is going to be the new shortstop, in my opinion. Uh, we also have guys like Galvin Lux who can be out there maybe in, sh- in second base. We'll have to exactly see or maybe even he can or maybe even Trey Turner can move over to third base if we're going to be doing the whole. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, designated hitter. Sorry about that, guys. I have it written down right here. But the designated hitter rule, if that becomes a um, if that actually becomes a rule next year or next season, that'll be definitely big for the Dodgers, you know, because then you can move a guy like Justin Turner into the designated hitter role, move a guy like Trey Turner to third, Galvin Lux is short. Uh, you have either Chris Taylor at second, or you can move him out to the outfield now. Or you can put Max Muncy there. And this, and then now I know some of you guys are probably thinking, well, who's going to play first? It's not going to be Bellinger or something like that, right? No, he's probably still going to be out in the outfield, in my opinion. I feel like the outfield is pretty much, now, this is the thing where it kind of gets a little, eh. You know, it all depends who's going to be sticking around. You know, what happens with Max Muncy with Galvin Lux? Because you can put a guy like Chris Taylor in second and you know, then you'll be good. Or you can put him in third if you want as well. So that kind of leaves Galvin Lux as the, as the odd man out. And then you can just kind of have him as a situational player because AJ Pollock just had one of the best, one of the best seasons he's had as a Dodger. And in my opinion, I think he should have been playing more during the playoffs. I don't know why Dave Roberts had him out for lots of it. Once he played, he was playing exceptionally. Uh, Cody Bellinger is still going to be there. Mookie Betts is still going to be there. So that could be our outfield. Pollock, Bellinger, and uh, Mookie Betts. Now I know that you, I know that you guys are probably thinking he still hasn't mentioned anybody in first base. Calm down, guys. Now some of the reports have been coming out, and Freddie Freeman has been the, the guy who has been in talks with the, with the with the Dodgers. He's an LA guy. He's he's from Anaheim, I think, or he's from like LA area. You know, I mean, Anaheim is pretty much freaking LA, even though they try not to be, or I mean, they try to be LA, but they're really not LA. I guess I don't really know. When it comes down to it, he's from Southern California. Does that make everybody happy? <laughs> so, guys, he is from Southern California. The guy wants to come out to Southern California, especially after winning a World Series. And I know some of you guys are thinking, it. he just won a World Series with them. What is that? No, calm down, guys. There's lots of teams. There's lots of players who do that. They win a World Series. They win the championship. They move on from the team because they know they can get more money or they want... Now that they have a World Series, their perspective changes on things. You know, they, they feel like they're like, all right, cool. I won a World Series for this team. I can move on forward and be happy and do what I want to do. You know, it happens. Now, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what's going to happen when, with all that and, and see what that's going to look like overall. Uh, we'll have to go in and see what happens. Uh, it's going to be exciting, though, to go in and see if, if he can actually become a Dodger, if he's going to become a Dodger. Now, that's going to be one scary-ass freaking lineup. <laughs> guys, you guys have guys like Chris Taylor, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, uh, Justin Turner, uh, Trey Turner. <laughs> you have guys like Will Smith, who's going to be who's gonna be there. Uh, Bellinger, you have AJ Pollock, you have Mookie Betts. It's like you're going to literally have a lineup where you're like, 
pitchers are going to be like, what, what am I going to do? What, what, what am I going to do? Do I, am I going to ever have a rest? <laughs> like, am I ever going to have like a for sure out? <laughs> but that's just my opinion or that's just what I'm thinking. We'll have to see exactly what that's going to look like though, guys. But it is something that I get excited about just looking at it or just kind of thinking about it. Lastly here though, guys, we um, are definitely getting excited about some of the guys who are getting healthy, you know, when it comes down to like uh, Dustin May and some of the other guys, some of these young guys who are getting healthy from some of their injuries that they ended up having. Uh, speaking of getting healthy and speaking of injuries, you know, we got to talk about the uh, Lakers, some of the injuries that they've had and some of the players that they have been having uh, coming back from injuries and everything. You know, it is definitely exciting, exciting to see what that's going to look like and some of the developments that they've had, you know, with, when it comes down to players like THT, you know, he has he, he's come back from his injury and he's looking good. You know, he looks like the THT that we all know when it comes down to it. But, you know, where the areas where we, I guess, where the Lakers have been hoping that, that he would make those, um, you know, advancements when it comes down to the defensive side, maybe his playmaking ability, his shooting ability are, are there, but they're not quite there. Now, maybe there is more time that needs to, um, you know, pass in order for him to develop those or to get those more, more you know, solidified. But it is um, exciting just to have him back, you know, when it comes down to it. Because he's a young guy who's pretty energetic. He brings a certain uh, oomph, you know, if you would. A certain, you know, kind of attitude to the team, if you would. And uh, that's another player. Another player who, I mean, he really hasn't, well, he hasn't really come back from injury or anything like that. But he's made some, some of those advancements that I was talking about with um, THT. And that's Malik Monk. Now, Malik Monk. Is, is, is he is what he is when it comes down to it on the defensive side but he has been making some improvements there he's been making more improvements on using on using the tools that he has when it comes down to it or the abilities that he has when it comes down to his speed making sure that he's there on time for you know certain plays even though he may have a, uh, a disadvantage against a certain player you know because of his size or something like that but he uses his speed to put him in the right position or something like that and her uses his jumping ability to meet somebody up at the rim if they can or to sneak behind it and and block it out from behind or something like that you know he uses his speed as well to kind of poke the ball out if somebody's beating him off the dribble as well uh, so he's been able to kind of use those things now of course he has flaws and everything but i mean you know it is what it is when it comes down to it but he he makes up a lot of it for his energy for his energy that he has on the offensive side, his shooting ability that he has on the offensive side, and just overall the, his uh, ability to go to the rim. He's he's 100% a three-level scorer when it comes down to it. He can meet somebody at the rim. He can go around the rim. He, has, he can finish both left and right when it comes down to it. Uh, he can shoot from from mid range he has a pretty nice mid range game he has a i mean he has, he's great at the shooting and shooting from the three he's great with if he gets his feet set and he can actually even come off of a screen or something like that and and uh and move, he's i mean that's that to me alone just so that like that he's able to come off of screens jump still drifting either to the left or the right and sink a shot similar to like um uh god uh, Wayne Ellington sorry guys uh, Wayne Ellington is another one of those uh, elite shooters. Uh, we definitely seen that if he gets his feet set, it's money. Uh, similar to another guy like uh, Carmelo Anthony. These guys have been really, really crucial when it comes down to the Lakers offense. We get to go. We, we get to see now that they've 
um, had the chance for all three of them to be to be uh, playing together or to be playing. We get to see exactly what their vision was when it comes down to all that. We get to see what that kind of looks like. And another player that has uh, came back from injury like Austin Reeves, we get to see more of just what we saw earlier this year when it comes down to it, that he's a, a decent enough shooter. He does all the little all the little things when it comes down to it and that's definitely important when it uh when it comes down to basketball it's definitely important when it comes down to um into winning basketball if you would you know um it is it is definitely going to be crucial it's going to be nice to see what his development kind of turns into maybe not just this season but moving forward as well the uh one guy though that i definitely want to mention here guys uh, just to kind of finish up today's podcast here is kendrick nunn Kendrick Nunn, though, guys, I was excited for him since the beginning of since the beginning of the, the offseason when they announced that they signed him. I was a fan of him with Miami. I was scared when we kind of went up against them in the playoffs. I mean, um, he he actually didn't play too much, you know, because uh, by then um, uh, Gordon Dragic ended up coming back from injury and uh, Tyler Hero was uh, advancing and as well. Uh, uh, Robinson was uh, uh, was already advancing, you know, to the sort of certain level that they he already that they already achieved and all that, you know, whatever the case was. Now, with Kendrick Nunn and the reason I'm mentioning him here, guys, he's another player similar to, you know, if you would like Malik Monk in a way, but he I think has another level of defense to himself. Um, you know, they're both around the same height; they're like six one, six two. They're smaller guards. But they're guys that are able to contribute to um, the side of basketball, you know, the, the the type of basketball that even Frank Vogel wants to play. They want to they want guards that are able to fight over screens. They want guys they want guards that can, uh, you know, attack the ball handler, you know, put pressure on them, funnel them into the bigs and help them out when it comes down to that. They're great shooters as well when it comes down to it, um, you know. If you guys haven't heard much about Kendrick Nunn, definitely go check out the game that he ended up torturing the lakers he ended up dropping something like 27 or something like that 30 he's had a couple games where he dropped like 30 40 points so he he's an elite scorer he's another guy who's a three level scorer he can finish at the rim has a nice mid-range and he has a great three-pointer as well and it all is going to come down to how how good he can be on the defensive side i mean if we already know frank vogel he loves that defense and, uh, you know, he doesn't necessarily care too much about what, what someone can do on the... I mean, he cares. Let me rephrase that. He cares about what somebody can do on the offensive side. Don't get me wrong. But he really he's really going to favor the defensive side because he knows that he has three players in Russ, LeBron, and AD who can go in and get it done on the offensive side if they really need it. It's just great to have other options out there on the floor. You know, especially guys who are able to go in and contribute in different ways, not just by shooting, but as well by beating somebody off the dribble or seeing that there's another opportunity somewhere else, not just by taking a shot that maybe, maybe might not go in, especially if it's being contested really well, especially with how good these teams are becoming. But that's going to pretty much wrap it up here, though, guys. Um, You know, I did want to mention just a few of the past games that have happened, you know, with uh, with uh, LeBron, his whole COVID thing that ended up happening. We'll just have to wish him the best of luck. Hopefully he returns back quickly, guys, and, and, and healthy. Overall, the man's health is the main thing over anything. It's going to suck to have him out, but we'll have to see exactly what happens. I mean, the one game that we had without him ended up going good so far. We actually have the Clippers coming up tonight. 
So definitely keep an eye out for that one. That's a 7 p.m. game. Definitely check it out. Uh, we'll have to go in and see what that kind of looks like. The Clippers are kind of eh this year anyways, especially with, I think, Kawhi is still out. We'll have to see exactly what that team kind of looks like. And this will just be an early, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, just an early game with the Clippers, you know, in the season. We'll have to see what happens. But um, other than that, though, guys, I mean, that's pretty much just going to wrap it up when it comes down to the, today's podcast here. We'll, I'll do another podcast uh, later on in the week. I actually have a vacation from my from my day job. Or for my job, I shouldn't say my day job, right? <laughs> but I have a I have a vacation from my from my job, so I'll actually be doing some stuff over the weekend if I can. Previewing Friday, Friday's game, doing another one on Monday for um, Sunday for Sunday's game against the uh, with the Raiders and the Washington football team. And we'll be doing more talks about the the Dodgers as um, some of those offseason transitions come up. But I hope you I hope you enjoyed end, uh, today's podcast here, guys. Sorry, I'm actually getting a little little dry mouth here, but just wanted to go ahead and just finish it off here today, guys. Hope you guys enjoy, um, enjoyed today's podcast. Hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you guys had a great week. Until next time, guys. Peace.